It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. It's been about three weeks since I've last uh, joined you, so it's, it's good to be back. Let me just, right off the bat, bring in Charles Edmund of the Allcorn State Radio Network. Charles, a good morning to you. Good morning, Carlos and the Jaguar Nation and everybody watching out there. How's your Saturday going? Um, plenty of rain so far, but but needed. And so it, it, it's a great Saturday. It's great to be back here on the Coles Brown Show. Charles, we have a lot to talk about. Seems like a lot of things have happened since the last time we visited with each other and uh, with the audience. But as usual, let me just kind of give you the rundown on the guest menu for November the 5th. Of course, Charles Edmund joins us. Uh, of the Alcorn State Radio Network, uh, Brian Fulford of the ONG Strike Zone, the Orange and Green, FAMU alum, has a show on the Black College Sports Network. He's scheduled to join us, and we're going to get him on uh, quickly because his time is very important. And besides, he's got some other things to do. But he'll join us and give us the FAMU perspective, Southern University and FAMU Charles, a big game, a huge game. I'm not going to say a must game, but it is a big one for the stakes in the West. We will explain all of that to you. And then last but not least, Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. Um, founder of Onadon, Black College Sports website, and I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing Eric Moore uh, a couple of times on local radio here in the Baton Rouge area. 
um, passed away after a, a, a bout with uh, illness. Uh, our thoughts and prayers from not only the Carlos Brown Show, uh, but the Black College Sports Network uh, to Eric Moore. Well, on these times, Charles, I, I, I like to say journey well. And, and it's just my belief. It is a journey. This life, you're here for a while, and then you journey on to the next life. But uh, Eric Moore, just an iconic. And I don't like to use that that adjective a lot, but he was iconic. Uh, his, his website, when there was no information coming out as far as black college sports, he did it. He 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 really uh, was a outstanding person and uh, touched the lives of a lot of people. Those who uh, went on to star, those who went on to make a professional career in uh, athletics, he touched them in a uh, a certain way. So, uh, once again, he journeyed uh, from this life on to his next assignment. And uh, my thoughts and prayers go out uh, to the family of Eric Moore. Charles, um, uh, did you have the pleasure of meeting him or uh, did you have the pleasure to to talk with him via, um, you know, athletics? I did not. Um, I never had an opportunity to speak with him. I think we crossed paths just a couple of times, but I know Eric more by the stuff that he cranked, the stuff that he put out, the Omnidon stuff, the polls. I mean, before all this other stuff, there, you know, and you look at it right now with all these, a lot of different factions, a lot of different polls, Dr. Cavill and Vox Tarot. So, you you know, you kind of make those comparisons. You know, he, he cranked out that information when we just didn't think there was information. And so, you know, like like you said, there's there's a lot of journeymen in this league. Some are still with us, some that are not in different realms. And he was one. Of, he was a jewel, was one of the great crowning jewels of HBCU uh, athletics, and he will sorely be missed. Yes, he will. But his impact will still be felt throughout the Black College Sports uh, Athletics. Well, Charles, the Wild Wild West. And that is a perfect term. Since the last time we've talked, from the uh, Southern Athletics perspective, um, they won homecoming. They defeated Purdue. Remember we talked about they going through this gauntlet of, let's see, Purdue, Alcorn, Jackson State, FAMU. They will be at the end of this gauntlet today against FAMU. Defeated Alcorn State, Purdue. Then throwing homecoming Virginia Lynchburg. Jackson State last week. Let's just say this. It was a tremendous atmosphere. HBC, HBCU experience. ESPN game day was there. I was standing right in line to get in to the gates. And uh, uh, Escalade, kind of like Escalade just rolled right by. You couldn't even see in there. It was so dark. That's what I knew. <laughs> I knew who that was. That was Coach Sanders getting ready, making his way to uh, the game day uh, platform, the stage. It was magnificent, just electric, Charles. Now, for us, the game didn't go well for um, Southern University. And and my colleagues, Charles Bishop, got a chance to be on the pregame show last week, and uh, Neely, he said, 
that my birthday present was going to include a loss. And last Saturday, I did make another trip around the sun. But you know what? I wouldn't trade any anything except even the experience. But the game, Charles, 35-0. to zero. Let me just say this. I don't believe Jackson State. Well, first of all, congratulations to Jackson State. They got it done. Uh, their defense is as advertised. But guess what? So is Southern University's defense. I thought they played extremely well. But congratulations to Jackson State. A third quarter, Charles, excuse me, a second quarter, 22 points, the difference in the ball game. Southern's defense stopped Jackson State on two fourth down conversions. They were not able to get it. The defense came to play. But offensively, the Jaguars were in up. They didn't get anything done. So with that being said, they drop a 35-0 decision to Jackson State. The score is not indicative of, in my humble opinion, defensively, how they played. Now, let's stop there, Charles. So with that being said, Losing that ball game, Southern needed some help, right? We're talking about football here. And they were given a great gift last night because Prairie View controlled their destiny. A win last night against Alcorn State, I I think it puts them in just a, a, a sweet position to conquer the West. But Alcorn State in overtime gets it done against Alcorn State. Texas Southern, Southern, Prairie View, what, one game separated, and then Alcorn 3-3 and in conference play. I think it's going to go down starting this evening. The West is still up for grabs. But for Southern University, quite simply, you're probably going to say it's a must-win. I'm not going to refute that. It is important. Southern University has to get a W today or tonight. And if they do, they hold the tiebreaker against Alcorn, against Prairie View. Now, well, wait a minute, Charles. What about Texas Southern? They hold a tiebreaker against Southern University. But tonight they play Jackson State. So even if... Texas Southern loses. If Southern loses to FAMU, then it puts Prairie View back in the front. Isn't this simply the wild, wild west, Charles? Yep. It's exactly what it is. And we, we said it in preseason. We said it at media day. It was going to be wild. And I go back to what our good friend A.D. Drew, what he made a prediction. He said he wouldn't be surprised if there's a three in that Western Division. Could very well happen that way. Could lean that way. Um, hmm. On the tiebreakers and, and, and how they fall. Um, you know, from an all-corn perspective, a lot has to happen. But we're not out of the race either. You know, we beat the best team in the West last night. But we got three losses and we don't have tiebreakers against Southern and Texas Southern. So basically, you're looking at for all corn to get there, Southern has to drop games in the um, Texas Southern has to drop the one. So, I mean, there's a lot that has to happen. But Southern is back in control. But 
can they get it done tonight? Another tough road game against uh, Florida and them. Let me let, let, let me say this last week about the Jackson game, if I can. You know, and, I, and and you're right. I mean, offensively, in the two losses that Southern has had, they have not scored. They lost to Texas Southern and they lost to Jackson State, fifty-nine to nothing in those two games. And what have we been building up offseason about Southern University? Coach Dooley walking in, the offense, and as you as you put it, basketball, football, it has been it's been continuity struggles. Um, so I think they've got to fix that. Just like Alcorn, you know, our offense. Aaron Allen is out with a shoulder injury. He didn't play last night. There's a good chance he might not play this week. Trey Lawrence comes in and trying to settle him down. And our running was terrific. Our defense was terrific. And we got good special teams play with four field goals. So there, there's a lot of moving pieces here in terms of how this thing's going to go. And I think for Southern University, yes, they have another because of Alcorn's victory last night. But we'll see if Southern can get it done. It's very tough to win at Bragg now. There is no doubt about it. The band won't be there. You know, you know, that was some talk on social media this week. Our band wasn't at You know, that's a whole nother discussion for another day when it comes to the bands and all that, how they really help football football teams when they're there. But clearly the West, this is kind of what we expected. This is kind of what we Did we expect all corn to have three losses in the division? No. Did we nope. expect Southern to have the kind of, you know, the, the kind of um, struggles that they've had with the two losses? No. Did, did we expect Texas Southern to do what they've done, beat Southern at Alcorn? No. So this is – you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, look, Prairie View still has a couple of tough games left. Valley just beat A&M the other night, and Prairie View still has to play Valley. Now, a loss like this last night can have a carryover effect. So we'll see how it happens. You know, you can't let a, a loss beat you twice, and that's – Southern's in that boat today. They can't let that Jackson State game linger over because it's – going to be tough at Bragg tonight. If Southern wins that game, then they regain control. They've got Valley and then the Bayou Classic. Grambling beat us last week. You don't know if Grambling's something. So there, there's a lot left in the tank. There's You don't know what's going to happen. We've seen upsets here there. And it's that time of the year. It's the silly time in which you see upsets. And we're seeing it in this conference already starting off the month of November. And I expect more to come. You know, Jackson... Jackson's pretty good, and I know a lot of people are riding the bandwagon. And, you know, I've been a part of this thing when we were at the lowest of the lowest, highest of the highs, winning six straight division titles. You know, I'll just say this. Everyone talked about the game day in Jackson State, what they're doing, and just enjoy this ride. Just enjoy it while you can because we know things can turn quickly. Not saying it will, but uh, Jackson State's a tough cookie to crack right now. Um, it's going to take, take a solid defensive effort. Got them points on the board. And then Jackson's got to be off their spot, too, a little bit. And I think the one crack that I've seen is they kind of stumble out of the gates to start. But once they get it rolling, you better you better be out in front of that thing. And because in the second half, they can, they can, they can lock you down. So there, there's a lot to talk about in this conference. There's a lot in the division. Right now, FAMU's just trying to stay relevant because Jackson State is not giving it up just like last year. So, I mean, if Southern can knock out FAMU, I, I think we can kind of say that. Even though Jackson's got two, three tough games over at Alcorn, Alabama Mobile next week and tonight in front of a sold-out crowd uh, at Compass here in town. And so there's a lot 
to discuss in the next few and you just don't know what's going to happen because we've seen some crazy things happen already in the last two or three weeks in this conference. Simply called the Wild Wild West. Um, 35-0 to zero last week. Uh, Jackson State over Southern University. Uh, 22 points scored in the second quarter. Uh, Southern University, and, and if you look at offensively, and, and you mentioned uh, about you know, being shut out. But but if we go back and look at the Texas Southern, there was Texas Southern game, there was opportunities for Southern in the red zone. They just didn't they just didn't get it done. If we look last week, Jackson State, uh just a strange situation. They go for it on fourth and one on their end, their stuff. Southern University on the short side of the field, missed oppor- opportunity. Second time they stopped him. On their own turf, their own side of the football, Southern had a field goal uh, block. So you could look at a possibility of 14 points, a low of no points, and in between, six points. Does it change the reflection of the ball game? I'm not sure. But when you look at overall, Jackson State deep, uh, offensively, the lowest output they've had all season. All season. And and if you kind of look at the game, it, it you can't help but wondering, Coach Dooley, offensively, and, and to credit to Jackson State's defense, they are as advertised. But offensively, uh, Southern held their own defensively. And, I, I mean, Shadour got sacked, what, three times? He got hit several times. And one of the big plays in that ball game, and, and it's still zero to zero after one, uh, the first quarter. Even in the second quarter, uh, defensive end Trey Lang loses containment, and Shadour runs for forty-two yards. But just to say, going running up and down the field and scoring, no, Jackson State didn't do it. But guess what? You have to give credit where credit is due. They they got it done, thirty-five to zero, and now. They're on the road against a, a, a Texas Southern team that's still legitimately fighting for a chance. I'm going to take a quick timeout, Charles, because we've got uh, Brian Fulford, at least scheduled to join us. We'll get the Southern University and FAMU perspective from Brian Fulford's perspective coming up next. You're watching the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. 
of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Joining me now, a very busy guy, Brian Fulford of the ONG uh, Strike Zone here on the Black College Sports Network. Brian, good afternoon to you. <laughs> How you doing? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Carlos. Good afternoon, Charles. I'm going to be uh, uh, missing that, uh, that beautiful sounding band up in Tallahassee. Uh, you know, it's a shame that uh, they didn't make the the trip. Uh, we, we, we'll have to have an offline discussion on why that is. And what's up with a lot of bands not making trips on road games? You know, that's uh, I thought that that's, uh, I thought that was swag tradition. Well, uh, Charles is, is waving his hand. It must be the money. It must be the money. Um, but but Let's interesting. I, I, I think, you know, if you're Southern University, you can find – the finances to finance that trip. Just me, but I'm going to get on it. I'm going to find out what really, uh, what was, what was going on. I can only speak for, uh, uh, trying to find out for Southern universities, uh, the human jukebox, but, um, pleasure to have you on, uh, Brian and, and, and kind of give us a perspective of, of, of FAMU Southern once again, at the end of their gauntlet of tough games, now at Bragg Memorial Stadium to take on a FAMU team that is uh, very tough to beat at that stadium and on a, a nice uh, winning streak. Yeah, 14 consecutive wins in Bragg Memorial under uh, Coach uh, Simmons, which dates back to, I think, his first season, maybe his first home game when he lost that to uh, Jackson State, and we haven't lost since. And that includes winning a game against Southern, the last time Southern came to uh, FAMU back in 2019. Uh, We've won six games in a row going into this game. So, of course, the playoff talk is started. And, um, you know, we we need a win. FAMU needs a win tonight against Southern to really solidify their their hopes. Uh, This week and next week are big games. I mean, of course – the BCU game is going to be a big game as well. But it starts right here. The playoff run starts tonight. 
Uh, uh, Brian, what, what's kind of, and you're absolutely right, what's kind of been the conversation in Tallahassee this week? Uh, uh, confident, um, playing against Southern University, does Coach Simmons kind of look at maybe Southern University after losing to Jackson State and then coming in? Is is it a dangerous Southern University team as far as from the, uh, the family perspective? Well, I think the biggest question, and I'm sure Coach Simmons is warning his guys, this is a Southern team that prior to last week against Jackson State, I, I actually thought they were the second best team in HBCU football, or, or what we like to say, the best of the rest. I mean, there's Jackson State, uh, who I, I love the way Charles said it. They're, they're pretty good. Uh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> pretty good Jackson State team. Yeah, they're a little more than pretty good, Charles. <laughs> a, a, a <laughs> no, little, I'm just saying. A little shade there. <laughs> but, but you know, but I mean, look, there was, there was there's Jackson State, and then there's the best of the rest. And prior to last week, personally, I thought Southern was looking like the best of the rest. And then all of a sudden, you play Jackson State, and I don't know how – look, we got Molly Watt by Jackson State. You guys got shut out. So this – which which Southern team is coming to Tallahassee? I, I think that's what we want to know. Very dangerous squad. And so I, I think the message will be loud and clear. From, uh, last week, we played about as close to four good quarters as we played all year. and but But we had a couple of plays that – we made some mistakes. I think we had three turnovers in the game against UAPB. A lot of alumni feel like we probably should have put 50 on UAPB. The defense didn't give up any points, so that is looking very positive. The defense has played really well over the last four weeks. So a lot of encouragement in that respect. Well, and I'm looking at some of the uh, conversations in, in the chat room uh, uh, that I, I'm going to have to address as far as last week. But you know what? Last week is last week. But I'm going to come back to this. But but this FAMU team, kind of looking over some of the stats, um, and you, you tell me if I'm off base with this. Um, they've struggled running the football, 12th in the conference and running, but Musa and that, and that passing, Xavier Smith, that's their bread and butter. Is it important for Fam, you to try to say, hey, we know we're last in the conference of Russian football, but we've got to put together some running effort and be, you know, at least attempt to be successful in running the football against a front seven of Southern University, contrary to what people are saying in the chat room, the JSU alums, that I think is, is, is a pretty good defense, the front seven. Yeah, uh, A.J. Davis for FAMU, the transfer from Pittsburgh, looked really good last week, had a 100-yard game. We know Terrell Jennings and Jalen McLeod, two big backs, uh, have had success against a lot of teams. So I think FAMU has three good backs. Hopefully all are healthy. And I'm hoping that FAMU decides to commit to the run. And, and I know that's going to be tough and challenging, but in the fourth quarter where it matters, hopefully we can wear down Southern and find, you know, five, six yards, which will then loosen up the passing game and allow guys like Jamari Sheree and Xavier Smith to get loose against that secondary uh, of, of Southern. So that, that's the hope. Now, 
you know, whether we can execute and do that is the game, is the big question mark. Charles Edmund, you've talked about it. Uh, running the football in this conference, it tends to, when you're able to do that, leads to success. But with FAMU, am I making too much out of it that, you know, hey, they need to run the football? You know, when you're from a defense standpoint, you you, you kind of want to make a team one-dimensional. But running the football, is that a key for you in this football game against um, Southern and FAMU? I do. I do think because there's still the continuity, you know, aspect of it with Southern's quarterback. There's still – Still a work in progress. And Jamie Walker said it at the beginning of the season, continuity. I think there's still continuity questions that still know we got two or three weeks left in the regular season. It still has to happen. And in, in order for it to happen, you have to be able to run the football. We've won and lost games, speaking of all Carlos, quarterbacks, either quarterback or the quarterback that we face is thrown for less than 100 yards. Our quarterback last night threw for 87 yards, but yet we ran the heck out of the football and kept ground and pound. You have to be able to do that. You have to be able to stay committed to it. I've been saying it. Teams in this conference don't don't stay committed when it doesn't work. You got to keep doing. You got to keep ground and pound. And I think so. Southern University for them to have success, I think they have to continue to stay with the run, even though there are negative plays out there. There always is when you run the football. But I do think running the football, taking time off the clock, keeping this Florida A&M offense off the field is going to be key. Because I, I look at the team, and I was going to ask a question. I mean, when the season, we all know we started for FAMU. All the eligibility issues and minor school players in North Carolina, the team has bounced back nicely. What's, you know, what's going to be key for them in terms of turning this thing around? Because the players are right on Jackson State's heels again. Were you able to hear him, Brian? I think we lost him. No, I don't. I don't know if you heard the question, Brian. Were you able to hear Charles's question? All right. Well, we'll we'll just mute him for a second, and then we'll we'll try to get him um, back. But you know, it, it, it it's going to be. I believe. It has to be an effort to run the football. And for Southern University, offensively, uh, Bashawn McCray um, didn't have a great game last week. Wow, what an understatement, huh? <laughs> um, but they're going to have to come out and start fast. And, and But you know what? Coach Dooley's offensive coordinator. So I'm, I'm putting some of the, uh, the pressure and blame on him for, for last week. It, it just seemed like they were being stubborn of trying to do things that were not working and, and you didn't see any, any adjustment because Jackson state defense was, was pretty fast. And, and guess what? This fam use defense, albeit, you know, not number one in the conference across all of the defensive stats to me, still a respectable defense. Uh, Brian, were you able to hear any of that part about fam use defense? I, I'm sorry. I did not hear you for the last couple minutes. <laughs> My audio gave out on me. I'm trying to be here on the phone, make sure I'm in a good spot where I can hear. We got the band about the that's going in the background, so I got a, a lot of things happening around me. I apologize for that. Now, you don't have to uh, I understand. Charles, um, you had a question for him 
you go ahead and, and, and ask that question again. Yeah, uh, Brian, yeah, we're about fan team. You know, at the beginning of the season, we all know and you know well in terms of what they had to deal with, with the players ineligible and getting back on track in North Carolina and then the Jackson State game. But it seems like this team has bounced back nicely. How, how has this team been able to rally and get back on track? Is it, was it just a matter of getting some of those players back? Or did some other things happen behind the scenes that maybe we don't see or know in which Willie Simmons has been able to circle the wagons and keep his team focused? Because, again, they're on Jackson State Fields again. Yeah, I'll tell you what. This is Coach Simmons. I know Coach Sanders will get a lot of attention for Coach of the Year. Coach Willie Simmons should be up for SWAT Coach of the Year because what this is an unprecedented year of everything. Think about all the player distractions. He's lost. He lost coaches one month before the start of uh, the season. He had one of his key assistants have a medical condition. Um, the player. I mean, this is an outstanding coaching job of bringing everybody together and keeping FAMU on the right track to where they are now. And, and it's unbelievable. I mean, many coaches, I don't know if they could have done or could do what Willie Simmons has been able to do this year. Um, I just want to see us finish. Regardless of whether we go to the playoffs, I'd love to finish this out, finish 9-2, and two, because he should be up for coach of the year. I mean, he has kept this thing together with a, with a, with a confidence that I think when we get a chance to talk to him in January, we'll learn how he did it. Probably a lot of prayer, a lot of faith, a lot of trust in his process. But I'll tell you what, this man has set himself up in an unbelievable way with the coaching job that he has done in keeping this program and team together this year. Well, and I often talk about adversity, uh, teams having to face that and how they react to it and how they overcome it. And, and quite honestly, Coach Simmons, I mean, known throughout the conference, you know, his days at Prairie View and Alcorn, he does a tremendous job. And a lot of times, too, the staff doesn't get get, get the credit. So, um, it starts at the Coach top. Simmons. It starts at the top. Yeah. If, if he, think about this. If, if, if he weren't the type of person he was with the kind of demeanor that he has, this thing would have spiraled off the rails three, four weeks into the season. But because of who he is, and how he uh, 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 measures and tempers himself, that's why everybody else around him, including us as fans, are able to sort of stay within ourselves. And, and because his players have done that and his coaches have stayed on message and stayed on point, that's why they find themselves on a six-game winning streak. Yeah. Well, with that being said, uh, Brian, if FAMU is successful tonight, Give me three or two quick keys for FAMU um, tonight against Southern yeah. University. Jeremy Musa has to play one of his best games, almost dating back to what he – he has to play the kind of game where he doesn't have the big mistake uh, that sets up Southern for an opportunity. Second, play calling. There have been some mysterious plays that FAMU has <laughs> – offensively made that have a lot of people scratching their head. This has to be, whether it's Coach Simmons or Coach Lamkees, uh, whoever's calling the plays, this has to be their best game. No trick plays, no out-of-the-ordinary stuff. 
you know, so I think we need that to be, uh, we need that to happen. And then, yeah, if we can show a little patience with the running game and I would like to see us run 25 to 30 times in this ball game, honestly. So those are the three things. I'm not even worried about the defense, to be honest with you. All respect to Southern, I'm not worried about the defense. I'm worried about those three things on the other side of the ball. Interesting. It, it's, it, it really will be. So it, it, it seems to be Southern's offense, believe it or not, with, with Coach Dooley, the offensive coordinator as well. And, and I believe Coach Simmons is the offensive coordinator or has a uh, big say in, in the play calling. They, they're going to match wits. But um, for, for, for Southern University, Charles, quite simply, offensively, that is where the con- concern is at. And then you look at this team oh, the season, they put up a lot of points, 59 against University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, 45 against Prairie View, zero against Texas Southern, albeit had opportunities to put points on the board. And then last week against Jackson State, zero, but still had opportunities to put some points on, on the board. So I guess it is a fair assessment which offensive team will will show up brian we appreciate it um quickly the weather conditions in tallahassee nothing to worry about uh you know you got me i don't know i'm in south florida it's hot down here (laughs) (laughs) it's hot i'm sweating in the shade that's how hot it is in south florida i I hope we have good conditions in tallahassee to be honest i i didn't even look to be honest carlos Come on, Brian. You you you, you should be well. No, I, I, I was going to say you should be I used know, to the heat and humidity of Florida because you uh, never get used to this. You never get used to this, Carlos. <laughs> Don't let them lie to you. You never get used. Oh, to this. You just, come, you just come on, how to Brian. Sweat, sweat and how to pat the sweat. That's it. I've been in Louisiana all my life, and it's comparable. Yeah, you're right. You never get used to it. You're exactly right. Well. Brian, we appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk again real soon, and good luck on yeah, your production same thing, today. same thing. Yep. Appreciate right. you guys. Have a good show. Congrats on the win, uh, Charles. Big win by Alcorn. We'll talk offline. Carlos, I'd tell you good luck, but I, I wish you good luck next week, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a good show. Talk to you later. All right. Take care. Uh, that was Brian Fulford, the uh, ONG strike zone, and and, and Charles is, is heating up in the chat room. Can, can, can we kind of look in the chat room a little bit? But first of all, I want to thank everybody for uh, uh, tuning in. Okay, let's see. Now, good morning to everyone. If you're on in Central Standard Time, good afternoon, and you're Eastern. Well, Avis Heath. Good morning to you. Uh, John Jenkins, good morning to you as well. Let's see what he says, Charles. 35-0. to zero. That game wasn't that close. The rain saved the Jags from a 50-piece. Okay, Avis, I've never seen a team that got 35 dropped on them claim their defense played well. Plus, our top wide receiver dropped three touchdowns. Guess what? I... I I don't know what game he was watching. You know, <laughs> I was there until the weather delay. And then after that, it was uh, like many. You had to get out. 
but we look at opportunities and and i've stated last um in this hour charles this was the least points of uh, yardage offensive that jack um the jackson state had gathered i stand by my statement southern's defense played well but when your offense which has to help out is not doing anything you know what happened southern's defense got tired but did jackson state go up and down the field on southern university no and who all, and all who were there, you saw Southern defense take it to Jackson State's offense. Hey, that happens in ball games. You drop passes. Southern had some receivers drop some passes as well. But I'll give Jackson State credit because they won the football game 35 to 0. But I'm watching the same game that you watch. I guess it goes Charles to interpretation. Electric atmosphere. Uh, the bands almost got into an altercation. Charles, it is an intense rivalry. And the next two years, it's going to be in Birmingham. I can't wait. And that leads me to this question. Southern Knights, the most intense rivalry for Southern University. In my order, and I want to hear from you, my order is Jackson State 1, Grambling State 2, and FAMU number three. That's the way I see it. But Charles now on to Southern and FAMU. You know, you've picked against Southern quite a bit lately. So I'm comfortable if you, when it's time for our prediction that you pick FAMU to win, then I'm confident Southern's <laughs> Southern's going to win. But uh, it, it, it's a huge ball game, to, to, to say the least. And for Southern, quite simply, a loss would really put them behind the eight ball as far as representing the Western Division. Now, if they win with Valley coming up and Grambling State, Southern University puts themselves in a great position to represent the Western Division and get another crack at Jackson State. But first and foremost, they got to take care of business tonight, Charles. Yeah, they do. I mean, we, we saw the schedule. We, we knew this two-game stretch, Jackson, FAMU, was going to probably define whether or not they in the championship. I don't do that coming in, and I, I don't change that prediction. Um, I think, you know, as far as an offense turn, we knew, at least I knew, that Ray – going to be some growing there but if you gain towards me in the road against a good defense in Jackson State. Uh, the Texas Southern game clearly was a shock. That's going there. They're going to have to figure out a way to, 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 to score Points because fam, you you know Willie's his team can score. So that's the thing. Against game, and the two have been outscored for nothing. Defense, I think they got to get offensive with this in McRae. Um, I think it's going to be tough at Bragg because you got two desperate teams playing here. If fam, you lose another game, it's probably done. Um, and I would even say playoffs too. Um, and so for 
Southern University, if they lose this game, they're behind the eight ball again. And with Prairie View schedule the rest of the way, you know, Valley won the other night. I don't know if the Panthers are going to relinquish it again. So this is a huge game. This is a huge game for Southern, just in terms of getting yourself up off the deck, if anything. Braves lost three in a row, got off the mat last night, in which really not a lot of people outside of Alcorn expected the Braves to win that game last night, considering the way we've been playing the last three weeks. But they did. They they, they pulled out a game, which they won, and found out six minutes of the game, outscoring them 14 nothing. So Southern's, they got to bow up, you know. They got to bow up. And, um, hey, we're Braves fans are pulling for, for Willie Simmons today, just like you guys were pulling for us last night. And so uh, we're, you know, this is this is just a beautiful thing. But, you know, the whole continuity thing to me is underplayed, you know, so far this season with new quarterbacks, injured quarterbacks, different different things, different philosophies. It's, it's all still fresh in a lot of people's minds in terms of the way these things are going. So I, I'm, I think for something, they got away. And I think what we're seeing is that more teams are running the football. Prairie View ran forward, what, almost 400 yards against Bethune last week. So you get the ground and pound works. It doesn't have an expiration date. And I think they're going to have to do that if they're going to have some success game tonight. Well, and I also believe, to me, you've got you to be balanced on offense. You've got to be able to run. You've got to be able to throw it. And, and we've seen when Southern has, has been successful uh, this season, they've been able to do both. And, and I guess the disappointing thing last week was um, some of the fans were saying, you know, I, I would have made a change at quarterback. Coach Dooley uh, uh, did not. He's the offensive coordinator. He, he, you know, missed opportunities. But with this FAMU game, we will see. Because if you kind of compare and contrast, the only difference is, when Southern lost to Texas Southern University, 24-0, they had two weeks, right, to prepare uh, for Prairie View A&M. And then you saw the result. So they they have typically responded well this season. The only difference is now they don't have two weeks to pre- prepare for a FAMU team who historically has been uh, tough for Southern University. You're playing, <coughs> excuse me, you're playing at, at, at Bragg Memorial in Tallahassee. Uh, Southern's backs to the wall. They're facing adversity. This is where you see how a team uh, how a team comes back from all of that. You know, some people may not be giving them a chance. Uh, I, I like their chances in this ball game because of what is in front of them. That they've got to, they've just got to be successful. And even if they're not, hey, they're still will be a game back against Prairie View and them. And then, of course, Prairie View and them has to play out with Arkansas Pine Bluff. And, uh, and they've got Valley. Southern has Valley. So it makes the suspense very, very thick here. Can Southern University uh, get it done? Offensively, yes, up and down. Defense and special teams have been solid all year. And they really have. And, and so – Southern's front seven against Southern Univers- against FAMU's offensive line and trying to get pressure on Musa, that's going to be the key. Continue to be solid against the run 
and I like to look at down and distance in the game. If if FAMU is successful on first down and they're getting five to six yards, that sets them up in a great position. I think you want to get them behind the chains, third and long uh, for Southern University. Um, but again, it goes back to Bashawn McCray and Coach Dooley because he's the offensive coordinator. They've got to be successful. And, and one of the things that you saw last week, I'm going back to last week again, uh, uh, Southern a lot of times were behind the chains. And, and I think FAMU will take that game plan and try to implement it, force uh, McCray to make the throws, get them behind the chains, and get them in third and long, and they feel that they're going to be successful. But Southern got to be Got to be successful on first down. Can't be behind the chains. Uh, Charles, we will take a quick timeout when we come back. We're scheduling a little bit to um, talk with Brandon B.J. Jones, but we kind of can get in a little bit more into the specifics of this uh, Southern University and, and FAMU uh, football game. If you're just tuning in, Alcorn with a big victory over Prairie View. And then, Charles, what was the score again in overtime? 23 to 16. So thanks for the, uh, the gift. Yes. And look, winning ways. It is, it's been a brutal three weeks around here, you know, losing on homecoming, losing the Southern, and then losing the Grambling. It's been a brutal three weeks. There's no question about a lot of questions swirling around. And, and you know, I, I myself and some people have reminded me, and I'm learning this being in this business, when you're associated with these teams and you're associated with Southern, you're, 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 you're a Southern grad, so you love your Jaguars. I'm with the Braves. You know, we've been near the top of the mountain or close to it. And it's great when you're there, but then when you're not, it's just as painful. And so, you know, the last year and a half, we haven't been. And so when that happens, it's a little uncomfortable. And it's downright maddening as far as are concerned. We're just not used to this. So not not over Charles, the maddening. Respectful, Charles, and I know about those things. Charles, hold, hold that point. Let's... Um get a timeout and we'll come back because I, I think what you're saying is, you know, uh, coach McNair, you know, a, a lot of people unhappy, a lot of pressure. I, but I, you know, I will say this, Charles, he deserves to turn it around and I think he can get it done, you know, based on what he's done over the last six, seven years. And then we'll ask a question. Is it now much more pressure? We'll, we'll get into all that. But let's let's take a quick time out. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Welcome back to Earth. Thanks. It was pretty life-changing. Dude, it was eight and a half minutes. I didn't even get to finish my burrito. Technology lets you vacation in space. But to get work done on Earth, you need more than technology. You need CDW. So with the Cisco hybrid work environment, we can deliver the same network experience to all your offices. Space spaghetti. Securely connecting your team from anywhere. Houston, we have a solution. We get it, Greg. You've been to space. Cisco makes hybrid work possible. CDW makes it powerful. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality, 
cigars, plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app as we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, we'll be joined shortly again by uh, Charles uh, Edmund, but uh, Southern University and FAMU, 
big game for, for Southern University, uh, playing at Tallahassee, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time uh, today, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, Coach Dooley basically wants to put this game behind him. Uh, he says, we'll never be satisfied. We just try to put our last performance behind us and get one level better every week. Now, they're going to play a family team that's 6-2 uh, and two overall, 4-1 and one in uh, division play. They're riding a six-game uh, winning streak, excuse me, looking for a, a strong finish. The possibility is if the Rattlers win out, it could lead to a second consecutive invite to the FCS playoffs. I, I don't know. I, I think last year they were in a much better position, but we, we'll see uh, this year. But hopefully, hopefully, Southern University is going to uh, come out on, on top tonight. We'll, we'll still kind of get into the particulars of that and, and, and kind of give our predictions as well. Um, the Southern defense will be challenged. Uh, Vanderbilt transfer quarterback Jeremy Musa. Uh, he's been improving each week. He's thrown for over 2,034 yards, passing 14 touchdowns. Both are sw- second in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And, of course, you can't forget about Xavier Smith. Uh, he's the league's top receiver with 63 catches uh, for 703 yards and eight touchdowns. And, and Coach Willie Simmons quoted early in the week of saying this, about Southern University. Defensively, they are much like us. Long, fast, and athletic. Uh, they play extremely hard and sound fundamental football. They're going to force you to earn everything uh, you get. And, and, and that's where, you know, the, the first key to me is going to um, lie with Southern University. That, that front seven, who has played well been all season, been consistent, and you kind of look at some of the uh, some of the games that the, the whole Prairie View scoreless in the second half, Charles. That's big um, to hold even a de- you know a depleted, somewhat depleted UAPB team to three points. A Jackson State team to hold them to their lowest output of the season. They've been consistent offensively. It is where. This game has to be won uh, for Southern University, whether it's uh, being balanced on offense, running the football, and then being able to make the the, the critical throws. And it all rides to me on the receivers, the chemistry with Bashawn McCray, and also uh, Coach Dooley. It, It just seems all season, in my humble opinion, you haven't seen the whole arsenal of Southern University offense. Is that because of the quarterback situation, Bashawn McCray, you know, before this season, taking his first snap on this level from a JUCO experience, and then I guess trying to, you know, hey, get better with the offense. We said a couple of weeks ago we've seen him grown up and improved every week but hit a roadblock last week. And I guess a lot of it, Charles, to me, is because Jackson State defense, and and, and let me just say this, to me, the most valuable coach on that staff is Thurman, the defensive coordinator, flat out can get it done. And what they do, and I I talked to Charles Bishop, my colleague, 
they're going to put eight in the box. They're going to play man-to-man on the outside, and they're going to always try to bring one more player that you can block. Sounds simple, right, Charles? But they have the personnel to do it. To me, that's the MVP of that staff. That's the best coach on that staff. Thurman. Welcome back, Charles. Yes. Uh, sorry for the connectivity issues, but yeah, I, I think, you know, Jackson State's defense, I mean, you kind of knew when Coach Sanders took over that the pride and joy was going to be that defense because he was a defensive guy. And, uh, you know, when you look at Thurman and the job he's done, he is a kind of a reflection of that program. Greedy, gutsy, you know, kind of behind the scenes. You know, we don't talk about it a lot. And, you know, that that's going to be, you know, the key for Jackson State. You know, offensively, you're going to have your struggles. You know, Jackson State did have their struggles at times, you know, first half against Grambling, Tennessee State. Um, so there have been times in which Jackson State may not be clicking on all cylinders offensively, but defensively is where they've been kind of solid all year long. And if they continue that, they're going to be a tough cookie to crack because that's where you win championships on defense, really, to be honest with you. Offensively, you're not going to put up 50 every game, even though Jackson State seems to be doing it. And as you said, you held them to your lowest point production of the year, talking about the Jackson State. But for Southern University, I, I, I think, again, this is about growing pains and trying to play through these things. You talked about not, not seeing the whole playbook. Well, I don't think you would, you know, to me, you would expect to see the whole playbook because right now you have a quarterback that's still trying to figure out, figure things out coming from the JUCO level. So would you hand him the entire encyclopedia when he's got to get when he's got to get through page 20? And so I think I think Dooley may be, this is my opinion, maybe spoon feeding this right now just to get him comfortable. Maybe next year you open it up a little bit more. But you know, we don't think about these things as fans. We don't think about the future. We think about the here and now. And the here and now is that Southern was handed a great gift last night, thanks to Alcorn State University. So everything is still in front of them in terms of winning the division. They were picked to win the division, and now everything's back in their control again. But it's not going to be easy because FAMU is just as desperate. They know that if they lose this game tonight, talking about the Rattlers, they probably won't get there. And, yes, they'll take a playoff appearance, but that's that's we'll take that. And I'm sure every team in the conference would love the playoffs, even though there's a particular coach in this conference that says we're not worried about the playoffs. Um, and we all know who that I'm is. I'm not worried about it and either. So I, and I'm not worried about it either. That, you know, yeah, we've had I mean, that so discussion. Yeah, we have had that discussion. I'm, I'm, I'm of the hey, the postseason is the postseason. You know, I love. I've been, I've been a part of two playoff appearances. It's been in the '90s. It's been 30 years. But you know, the commissioner worked hard to try to get that going again, and you know, we, we got it. So I'll take it. You know, the big fish, the big prize is the SWAC championship and the million-dollar payout in the Celebration Bowl. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But if you don't get there and you get an invite to the playoffs, you go to the playoffs. And I think that's, you know, that's a whole nother discussion, a whole nother show. But for Southern University, clearly, they've got to figure out a way to get some offensive continuity going. And I think for that, they're going to have to run the football and stay with it. I think it's pretty simple. Um, if the opportunities are there to push the ball down the field, they will. And that's what Dooley likes to do. He did it at Prairie View with Jalen Morton and company. He's got, he had the tools to do it. He's still working on the tools here. So we'll, we'll see if Southern can get it going offensively. If not, because we know, we know Willie Simmons, right? We know that his mm-hmm. team can score points, a lot of them. And so playing in Bragg 
Your band's not there. It's going to be a hostile crowd. It's an intense rivalry between those two. Two desperate teams. The loser of this game probably is not going to get to where they where they want to be. So this is kind of a championship game atmosphere in which someone's going to come out with a win. Whoever loses this game is probably not going to get there. So I think for Southern, you get off the mat, you try to figure it out in front of a hostile crowd and get it done because you got the Bayou and you got Valley coming up. So this is this is a big one. This is a big one for Southern University and FAMU as well. So much on the line for both teams. The FAMU, 12th in the conference and rushing, 101, albeit they had much better production um, last week. Russian defense, Southern number two in the conference, only giving up 104 uh, yards a game. That, you know, that, that that's a good stat. Also, Russian offense, Southern still, still number two in the conference. They're rushing for 216 yards uh, a game. We've said it enough. We've said it a lot. Being balanced, but Southern University, family is going to say we're going to live with Southern University trying to beat us throwing uh, the, the, the football. And now, if we look at passing offense, FAMU is number two in the conference. They average about 260 yards throwing the football. Southern University is fourth, 213. Passing efficiency, Southern's number two in the conference, 151. FAMU is fifth at 123. So let me make this point because we're kind of hammering on Southern offensively throwing the, the, the football. The schedule that they have, that's the schedule they have to play. That's who they have to be successful. Win the week, 1-0 each week. Of course, three times they didn't. Against Jackson State, against LSU, against Texas Southern. But all the other games, they were able to throw it successfully, run it successfully. And if you look at, you know, overall offense, number two behind Jackson State. Overall defense, number two behind Jackson State. I don't know. I wonder if we, we, we maybe we're, we're, pi- we're piling on the offense based on last week and not maybe looking at the whole total season. Because you could point to two games that they didn't get in the end zone, Texas Southern and Jackson State. But if you go look at the statistics, they did well passing the ball against Texas Southern. Matter of fact, they had over what? They had a lot of yards, total yards. Against Jackson State, who's an outstanding defensive football team, they didn't get it done throwing it. He had his worst, he meaning Bashana Cray, his, his worst throwing of the season for, from a statistical standpoint. So I'm wondering, Charles, maybe uh, is everybody piling on Southern offensively based on because of the last game against Jackson State and maybe not looking at the total big picture Southern offensively because they have been balanced. Yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still thinking it's growing pains. I'm still thinking it's a work in progress. Uh, that that to me is what I'm looking at. And I think we had including me lofty expectations coach Dooley coming in, being an offensive guru as he is, working with Kincaid at Grambling and doing what he did at Prairie View. I think you know, we kind of bought into the fact that, hey, Dooley can just snap a finger and, and plug and play and it's going to work. Uh, 
Not exactly. Not right away, anyway. And I think that's kind of what a lot of people expected when Dooley coming over and doing the things that he's doing. But I think it takes time. you got to work through it. There's going to be some tough situations, just like what we have at Alcorn and Aaron Allen coming in, you know, with uh, Jarvion Howard. You know, we've got that problem solved. Jarvion was a beast last night in the running game. But then working with our quarterback and Aaron Allen, who's had some good moments, has had his struggles. He's out with a shoulder injury. So, you know, the growing pains there, even though you're coming from tech to this offense that we have here, it's a little different. So it's a little bit of continuity that has to take place. I think it's the same thing on the other end for Southern, a JUCO quarterback and McRae. So, I mean, I, I, I for me, yeah, you would, because I love offense. I love it. You know, I love offense at a lot of points, but it's not realistic, though, a lot of times. Sometimes it takes time. And I think we're just not patient enough. We as fans just want to see this right away. Almost immediately, a microwave type situation. It's not, it's, it's just not the way it works. So for me, yeah, I'd like to see a little more, but, you know, I'm kind of judging it on next year, just like Jackson State. You know, what they're doing now is what I was expecting to see next year. But we do see that these things can happen fairly quickly with the right combinations and the right things coming together. It's happening for them right now. For, for Southern University, for the most part, it's happening, but not probably at the pace that people would like as, as hmm. far as the Jaguar Nation is concerned. But the two big games in conference that you lose, Texas Southern and Jackson State, you don't score in those two games. So I, I think it's just going to be, you know, hit or miss, the ebbs and flows. It's going to be triumph and tribulation. And so you just got to work through those things. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking at. You know, I don't know what Jaguar Nation feels, Carlos. I think you expect, maybe you expected a little bit more. But for me, you might score 50 one night, but then you come back and you get shut out the next with a young quarterback that's still trying to figure it out, with a coach that's still trying to figure out what he has. So I think that's that's kind of where I am. I'm a little more patient, but I know when it comes to fandom, there is no patience. You want to get it done right mm-hmm. now, especially with, what Jackson State is doing. They're just running away with it right now. And, you know, a lot of people are frustrated about all this talk about what they're doing. But, you know, forget the off the field stuff. Just look at the football product and what they're doing. I mean, they're just getting it done on the field. You know, all the other talk, I don't necessarily pay attention to that much, but just look at the games that they're winning and how they're winning it. Coach said domination. That's he, we have said domination. And so far, we're seeing that. Now, are they going to be tested? Yeah. But what we're seeing right now, we're seeing domination. But for Southern, they got to get off the deck tonight. Because if they don't, it's not going to get there. Loser of this game won't get there. And and I think we can say that now with just a handful of weeks left. Whoever loses this game probably won't get there. So I think you're going to see a highly charged game tonight. Um, A big crowd at Bragg, I would suspect. And I think it's going to be a lot of energy in the building and whoever wins that game will stay in it. Whoever loses this game probably will be out. So I, I expect, I expect there to be a, an intensity field game tonight. That's what makes football on a Saturday night in the Southwestern athletic conference. Uh, great. If you look at the standings in the East division, Jackson state, of course, five and zero eight. No overall on a game winning streak. FAMU four and one. In the East Division, six and two overall on a six-game winning streak. Uh, Alabama State, three and two uh, in the conference, five and three overall on a two-game winning streak. Alabama A&M on a, a two-game losing streak, three and three in the division, 
um, the three and six uh, overall. And uh, boy, what a, what a shocker! Uh, Mississippi Valley State wins their first game, thirty to twenty over Alabama in them Thursday night. Then of course Bethune Cookman uh, two and three in the swag, two and six overall on a one game losing streak. And Valley of course on a one game winning streak, one and five in the East Division, one and eight overall. Let's go back to uh, when we're talking about, you know, since the last time, this is the first time in three weeks, of course, the all-corn situation, Coach McNair. Coach McNair um, and, and, and the social media, he talks about not um, going to, to, to do his radio show. Players coming to him um, on social, uh, off of social media, telling them about how fans – are reacting, and I'm going to say fans, alums, supporters, um, disappointing, uh, the disappointment with the record at that point on, what, a three-game losing streak. Um, social media, it, it could be a good thing, then it could be a, a bad thing, because you, you, you look on there, and, and, and I understand it, the emotional part, that um, if your team goes on a two or three game losing streak. We, we saw what happened after Southern lost 24-0 to Texas Southern. A lot of people got on social media and talked about, is Coach Dooley really the guy for that? Maybe we should have went another direction and, and got, quote-unquote, a, a former NFL player who has no experience to be the coach. And, and then you see almost personal attacks against players, coaches, questioning everything. Let me say this, Charles, and you may disagree. You have a right as far as constructive criticism. Yeah, a lot of Southern Knights are unhappy about last week against your most intense rival, and you lose that ball game. But I think it becomes a thin line between when you be unrealistic with your criticism and I don't think you should call out players. You shouldn't. I think coaches have the big boy pants on, at least they should, that they know they'll get a lot of the criticism if things don't go right. But do you think that Coach McNair had a valid point of saying that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to deal with some of this stuff on social media. And he made the point that he's not on there. And then they had some people that said, well, well, no, no, Coach Manair, you can't get mad. That's just the society we're in right now, that instant gratification. And we talked about with family and Bethune, and let's just, just put it out there. Coach Sanders now in the conference did that ante up the pressure or has it always been pressure to win and fans are just being typical? What do you think? There's always been pressure to win. It just so happens that when we did and when we were on that mountaintop, the conference as a whole isn't getting the, the viability and visibility that we're seeing right now. When we won those six straight division titles, there was no FAMU in the conference. There was no Bethune-Cookman in the conference. There was no Coach Sanders. Uh, so I, I do think that this is a byproduct of the ratcheting up of the winning. And, yes, you can say that what 
what Coach Sanders has done at Jackson State is a byproduct of that in a great respect because he's doing this something failure. He's doing this quicker than a lot of people have anticipated. All the attention that he's getting. Last week was just a classic example of it all. College game day. It was announced 72 hours before that college game day was coming to Jackson. So all this hype and build up, all the Good Morning America stuff, uh, you know, the 60 Minutes piece, you know, all the attention. So yeah, all that is a byproduct of it. And it has caused a lot of consternation and a lot of frustration and a lot of anxiety for a lot of our fans throughout the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Um, and I, I think what our fans are a little bit frustrated about is with Coach McNair is not necessarily Coach McNair, but in the sense that our offense has struggled. Um, early in the season, our defense struggled. And then up until the last night, our teams have struggled. And so there was you know, some, some conversation of it's time for a change with the OC, offensive coordinator. It's time for a change with special teams coach. It's time for a change in terms of play calling and just, you know, more exotic designs and just the basic stuff. And look, we've been doing some of this stuff for a while, but it's just different pieces now. You got Aaron Allen at quarterback. You got Jarvion Howard, who's a beast. But the offense definitely has taken a different look and it hasn't been as productive. So therefore, when you add all that and the fact that we've lost three games in a row, we lost homecoming. The Southern game was there for the taking. Homecoming was there for the taking. The Grambling game, we just didn't, we just didn't get it done from, from, from the jump, from the door. You know, that's frustrating for our fans because we haven't dealt with that before. And then you add to the, you know, what's going on in Jackson and trying to get better quickly because they're good right now. And Coach Sanders has been there a couple of years and he's already turned that thing into something to what it is right now. So I think there is pressure. I think because it's happening with a coach and a program that's excelling quicker than what we expect, I think that adds to the pressure. It's always been there, but I think the, the league at a time that we wanted, you know, Southern was good. We know Southern, we played our first two SWAC championship games on campus against Southern University. They were good. Grambling was good. Alabama Annan was getting good. Preview is getting good, but now you're looking at something totally different now. And I think because of the, the viability and the, and the visibility, there's a little bit more pressure to get it done right now because Jackson's getting the four stars and five stars, you know, several hundred people on these visits for these big home games, and they're getting this talent. And it takes talent. It takes talent to win. And they're getting that. We have talent. But right now, it's just been a struggle, the continuity that I've talked about. So I think for right now, Coach McNair is frustrated, was frustrated. And I think what happened with him not doing his radio show was kind of the, the buildup that came to an end. I think he probably, you know, I, and by the way, for the record, I didn't know that it was going to happen. So, you know, people have asked me, did you know that he was going to say what he said? No, I didn't. He just came out and said it and just I had to leave it right there. Some things... You know, you mess things up when you pick it up and try to do something with it you shouldn't. And, mm -hmm. you know, could I have added to it? Sure. But some things you just got to leave right there. Let that sit there. And that's exactly what I did. And just just let it roll. And, you know, if coach decides that he wants to crank up a show again in the next few weeks. He's more than welcome. But, you know, I didn't know that he was going to say that or do that. So uh, I just think this was just the culmination of frustration mm -hmm. 
for the last three weeks and during the course of the season in games that we won. Yeah, we beat Valley, but it was a tussle. You know, the, the, the McNeese game, it was a tussle until the second half. So I think fans expect one thing and they're seeing something else and they're frustrated about what they're not saying or not, or what's not being done. And social media is the platform to, to, to make your feelings known. And uh, I think Coach McNair just got had enough of it as far as the players are concerned. Now, yes, unfortunately, with social media, people's views are going to be heard. It's just the unfortunate beast that we have when called social media. It's great when you're winning. It's nasty when you're losing. And right now we're going, well, up until last night, we're going through that nasty cycle. We lost three in a row until last night. And uh, it's it's tough. I can tell you this. It is tough. But winning helps a little bit. You know, we won last night. One of the big wins in the league this year was last night, Alcorn beating Prairie View. And, uh, you know, we're at home the next two weeks. Hopefully we can get it done against Bethune next week and things will settle down a little bit. But I do feel like some of our fans, and I talk to them, they say, hey, no matter what happens in the next couple of weeks, some changes are going to have to be made. Fred McNair said there will be no changes. He has said that publicly. And so we'll we'll see how that develops once we get to the end of the year. But it, 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 it's been a tough cycle, Carlos. It's been really tough. We've won some, but we've lost a few that we probably shouldn't have lost. And it's frustrating for everybody, including Coach McNair and the players and the fans. And that frustration is coming out via social media. And so that's just the ugly, nasty side of it. Hopefully with this win, it'll settle things down a little bit and we can get back to something else. Probably not, though, because I talked with some fans last night. Yeah, we won the game, but still, and even on social media, you read the post. Yeah, we won. Congratulations. But still, in my mind, nothing has changed. And that's what you're going to get. You're going to get that. So you just have to roll with the punches. You got to deal with it and just do the best that you can from your side of the fence, which is the coaching side, make the decisions you feel like are in the best interest. Coach is doing that, and um, we'll see what happens here as we roll forward. But it's been a tough month for this Braves football program. There's no question about it. Well, I, I, I bet you it's crickets now because after a big win last night, you don't you don't have that same energy, I, I guess, from, from, from that perspective. Because I, I think back, you know, uh, I'm I'm a member of some group text messages, and it's interesting when there's a loss. There's more activity. There's more energy. I guess I guess that's the nature of the business right now. Um, when you win, you hear more from you know. Well, you don't hear as much. Like after a, a big victory at Prairie View and them, you know. You didn't hear any, you didn't hear much, but when you lose, that's kind of when you when when you hear it. And um, once again, constructive criticism is good. It's good. You need that. But at the end of the day, you also got to remember: hey, you still support your your institution and your team. And a season is just like life. There's ups and downs. More ups than downs usually means a, a, a great, you know, a, a very good season. Um, you you got to overcome adversity. And that's something that, you know, most teams have to have to deal with. Uh, in the West, if we look in, in the, the Southwest Athletic Conference, Prairie View, uh, four and two in the, the West Division, five and four overall on 11, on, on a one game losing streak. Southern, uh, three and two. 
five and three overall on a one game losing streak. Texas Southern, um, what, three and two, four and four overall on a uh, three game winning streak. Then, of course, Alcorn State, Charles, three and three, um, four and five overall, now on a one game winning streak. The Grandma State, one and four in Western Division play, two and six overall on a one game winning streak. And Arkansas Pine Bluff, Bringing up the bottom, zero and five in the Western Division, two and six overall, and on a six-game uh, losing streak. Uh, Charles, as far as games today, I mean, we, we know we know we've got some big ones. <laughs> we got some big ones, but what what game stands out to you today? Um, we know the, the swag game of the week, of course, is uh, Southern and 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 FAMU, but. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff at Grandma, 2 p.m. ESPN Plus. Yeah, I mean, Gram- look, Grambling didn't have a whole lot of offense last week. You know, we, we helped them when we fumbled the opening kickoff. Uh, we had a punt blocked. We had a, That led to a short field and a score. They had a pick six for the second game in a row. We gave up a pick six. So coming out of that Grambling game, wasn't a whole lot of intel in terms of what Grambling's offense could do, and we kind of helped them along the way. Um, I think I still think it's a work in, in progress there for Grambling. I think their running game is pretty decent. I think they want to slow the game down and just try to figure out a quarterback. Um, and, you know, they played two last night. It was confirmed to me, by the way, that Grambling did have six quarterbacks on the roster. It was confirmed by a very good source. I had heard it in the spring. And it was confirmed last week that they had six in camp. So my source turned out to be true. And they're still trying to figure it out. Uh, for UAPB, you know, that program, you know, I like Doc Gamble. Um, I think that Alcorn game knocked the stuffing out of that program for the second year in a row. And uh, they've got to figure out what, what they're going to do in terms of where they want to go with a football coach. Is it going to be, a, you know, another co- collegiate coach, go to the high school ranks or JUCO? I don't know what that program is going to look like. But it's definitely going to take on a new meeting with a new, fairly new athletic director there. Um, I, I'm going to say that Grambling probably has maybe one or two more pieces. They got some pretty good receivers that go get it too. So I'm, I'm going to give the edge to Grambling in that game. So in other words, they'll be on a two-game winning streak uh, next week. I, I like Grambling State in this ball game as well. Although you, you never know, it's been a wild, wacky West. Uh, Western Division um, season, and and particularly the last couple of weeks. But uh, Grandma State should, should. If they don't take them lightly, you're coming off a big victory against Alcorn State. Let's see where the like that taste of getting a victory, and they're going to come out and put together another uh, good effort. So I like Grandma State in this game. 2 p.m. ESPN Plus. Alabama State at Bethune-Cookman. 3 p.m. HBCU Go. Um, Alabama State. Been pretty solid. Um, Had a tough loss against Jackson State. They're going on the road. Let's see if they were able to go in and and, and get a a road victory. I'm tempted to say Bethune-Cookman as much as they have not had uh, success that, you know, they may get it done. But I, I'm going to go with Alabama State in a, in a, in a close one. But Bill Cookman has been putting up a lot of points as of late defensively. 
been giving up a lot of points. But uh, Alabama State, they're kind of like, to me, they're not where they're going to be, but they're not where they used to be with Coach Robson and the new staff. they just kind of been consistent. I like Alabama State to go in and make it a low-scoring game. And defensively, I think they get it done. So I like Alabama State. Well, you know, but those scored over 40 points against this Prairie View team last week and had a 35-21 to 21 lead in, at halftime. And so this Bethune team, you know, you got Jalen Jones over there. And I, I do think, you know, from a mental and emotional standpoint, you know, Bethune's playing through some tough situations. Remember, they had the hurricane. They were displaced. The campus right. was you know, impacted by that. And I, I, don't, I don't know if we're really talking about that, just the mental toll and just trying to plow through the season. You know, they're playing with a lot of height, a, a lot of pride and grit and, and, and determination. And it showed against Prairie View last week. Um, I think Bama State is quietly getting some things done there. Um, they won a mm-hmm. tough game at Texas Southern. They, they, they won the Magic City, had Jackson State on the ropes a little bit. I think quiet, as they say, quiet as is kept. I think Eddie Robinson Jr. is doing a nice job there at Alabama State. Dr. Cable, you know, I saw him holding uh, the Magic City Trophy on social media. He was all smiles. So all's good in Montgomery. I, I think Alabama State's going to win this game. I think they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, I think they'll go down to Daytona and get it done. I like Alabama State in this game. Well, we both are in agreement on that. And, and, and yes, to your point, Bethune Cookman, yeah, they're scoring a lot of points, but they're you know they're also giving up and 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 maybe what does that say because um, about Prairie View because they had to come back and defeat Bethune Cookman and then last night losing so maybe maybe the pressure's kind of maybe getting to them maybe not I don't know but um, it'll be interesting to see what Prairie View does going uh, going forward. Jackson State at Texas Southern, uh, a sold-out stadium, ESPN Plus, 6 p.m. Jackson State, we know who they are. Um, They are the number one team in the conference, clearly. Some would say they're top five in the FCS level um, nationwide. Outstanding defense, offense. And once again, can I get that plug in? Dennis Thurman is the MVP of that staff. Um, I, I, Texas Southern, unless they play a perfect game and perfect, I'll leave that up to all of you. What entails a perfect game? They have to have that and then some luck, but stranger things has happened. No, Jackson state will win this one. I, I, I think Texas Southern may, put up some points unlike somebody last week, but Jackson State win, win, wins the ball game. Case shut. You know, I'm look, you know who I'm looking at in this game? Andrew Body. This is the biggest game of his life. They're going to come after sell out crowd. Um, and for Texas Southern, I mean, you talk about defining moments. You know, they spoil Pine Bluff's homecoming. They come to Alcorn and win on the Alcorn's homecoming. And here they are. I mean, they got one foot in the grave as far as the division is concerned. They can't afford to lose another game. But playing at home, um, Coach Prime in the house, sellout crowd. Uh, I, I'm, I want to see how Andrew Body does. I know he's going to be nervous as heck. 
because he's he hadn't played in front of a crowd like that in that stadium since he's been there. So I, I think those nerves you gotta get it out <laughs> early. Jackson State's gonna try to jump on this thing and put it to bed early if they can. Um, I think for Texas Southern, they they have to get Jackson State. And to me, this is what I see with Jackson State. We got them in a couple of weeks. You got to get Jackson State off their spot early. You got to get them early because they're going to figure it out eventually. So you got to put some points on the board early, 7-0, 10-0, 13-0, 13-3, something like that, and get them in a panic mode. You saw some of that early in the season. You haven't seen it of late. And I think for Texas Southern, they're going to have to do that. If they don't, if Jackson starts fast, it's over because their defense is just not – they're just – their defense is suffocating. They're just not going to let you get back in the game if that offense is going. So I think for Texas Southern, they've got to put some points on the board early, get Jackson off their spot, maybe create a turnover, put Shadur Sanders on his back a couple of times, rattle him a little bit. That's what they have to do. And I think if they do that, get them off their spot, and if body doesn't make mistakes, you know, that's p- part of the Braves issue too. the last couple of weeks, turnovers. We didn't turn the football over last night. And my buddy Emmanuel Barnes made a point of it. He said, if we play clean, we're a pretty good football team. We were clean last night. And so we had turnovers. We had three against Texas Southern. We had a pick six against Grambling. We're not a good team when that happens. Texas Southern has to do that tonight. They have to be a, they have to be a clean team. They, ha- they can't afford turnovers on special teams. You know, they can't afford fumbles. They can't afford turnovers. If they play a clean game, they can stay in it for a while. And uh, I do think Jackson's going to win the game, though. I do. I just think it's, it's too many Jimmy and Joes on that side of the ball. But I do think that if Texas Southern slows the game down a little bit, get that crowd behind it, will be a lot of Jacksonians in the house, too. And, I mean, I do have Jackson winning the game. But for Texas Southern, they're playing with about as much confidence as I've seen them in years, considering what they've done. Spoiling two homecomings and, you know, playing some pretty good football. Jackson will win the game. But I think Texas Southern can play their hearts out to keep it close. Uh, I, I don't see that. I, I, I really don't. And, and they'd have to play a perfect game plus luck. I, I don't see it. I don't see it close at all, Charles. Um, one person will not defeat eight. That Jackson State defense. Now, I will say this: opportunities. If you have them early, you got to capitalize on them. You didn't see that last week, but I think Jackson State wins when when it says zero 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 zero. It'll be a big victory uh, for Jackson State. Southern and FAMU game of the week. Southern at FAMU. You go first, Charles. I think I know where, I, 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 I know where this is going, uh, you know, based on what you've said so far. But um, who do you have winning this ball game? I'm going with FAMU at home. I'm confident I, Southern I will win now. You're 0-3. You're 0-3 and it's going to be 0-4 today. And, and, and that 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 four-game gauntlet that Southern not only has to play Alcorn and Prairie View, but the two best teams in the Eastern Division. Guess what, Charles? That's the way the schedule falls. That's the way you have to play it. I'm not going to say if someone else had that schedule. It's about Southern. Continue, sir. Yes, that is a gauntlet. The schedule is a schedule. You got to play who's in front of you. I'm, I'm, 
I'm just not convinced. Just just a gut feeling, and it may be uh, I may be something in my stomach. I don't know, but my gut feeling tells me that that the stench the stench of that Jackson loss is still there for Southern University. I really believe that. I think it's going to be really tough to win down at Bragg, minus the band and all that. I got I got Fanview winning the game. I think I think Dick Ray is still growing up, um, not there yet. Um, I do think that Fanview is going to score a bunch of points. I'm going to say it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to 35, 27. I think Southern will score some points, but not enough. I have FAMU winning the game. I love the Jaguar Nation. I really do. I've been wrong. I've been wrong. I've been wrong on my predictions. Maybe I ought to give it up, but I'm going to keep swinging. Zero and four. Zero and three to the day. I'm I'm over. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm 0 and 3, but but a good hitter is going to go through slumps. What you got to do, you got to pick up the bat and get back up to the plate. So I'm getting back up to the plate. Um, and hey, for Braves fans, we got to pull for FAMU. You know, the Braves, I mean, a lot has to happen, but we did our part last night. And let's see if FAMU can do their part tonight because we need, you know, Southern still got to play Grambling. That Bayou Classic's not going to be easy. Valley, you just never know with that. But, you know, for Braves fans, pull for the Rattlers tonight. I do think at home, and I'll go with FAMU because they're at home. If the game were at Mumford, I'll go with Southern. But the game's at Bragg, I'm going with FAMU. Well, I think last week is in the rearview mirror, as Coach Julie would say, because um, you have to. You got to have a defensive back mentality. I just gave up a 75-yard touchdown. Am I going to be focused now ahead of me, or I'm still going to be worried about giving up that 75-yard touchdown? I lost that battle. I got to move on. Because if you have that mindset of still thinking about the stench of last week, you've lost already. Southern has in front of them an opportunity. And even if they would have won last week, it's still going to be tough to win in Tallahassee. That, that's not going to change. That isn't. Um, this FAMU team, I think Southern has to really continue defensively to put pressure. And, and, and I like the guys on the end. Now, Jordan Lewis, and by the way, if it was up to me, Jordan Lewis, I did get a chance to see that video on social media. Let me say this. And I was on the OG Strike Zone show. If I was the coach, and I'm not the coach, and if this rubs people the wrong way, I'm sorry. But an apology to Jackson State. And look, I don't care if, if who started it first. Guess what? I have my standard. A public apology via, since you went on social media, via social media or a written letter to the administration of Jackson State, to the coaching staff. And then not only that, you're going to have a letter to Southern University's coaching staff and the university. And I know he, he came out with a, a apology via social media. I get it. But then also, if I'm the head coach and I'm not, it would be a one-game suspension. And the way I saw it, it, it could be a two-game suspension. But anyway, I wanted to get that off my chest as well. Um, but back to the game. 
Southern has an opportunity in front of them. And I think it's going to be if defensively they can really make FAMU one-dimensional. I get it, Charles. They throw the ball a lot. Xavier Smith, Musa, dynamic. And then I think they're going to have to contain the explosive plays. I have confidence in Southern's defense that they're able to do it. Offensively, they're going to have to start fast. And they're going to have to start in an explosive way. They're going to have to continue to be able to run the football. They're number one, I believe, in, in, run, in rushing the football, number two, to, to Prairie View. So they're able to run the football, but they're going to have to be able to pass it as well. And then on first down, they're going to have to be successful. They cannot get in third and longs. And then special teams, they got to be consistent and strong as usual. Albeit they missed a field goal attempt last week, protection up front. All of that to say this, they've responded this season when their back has been against the wall, and I think they'll do it this time. I like Southern University in this ball game, and I believe they'll be able to score 28 points, and I think FAMU will score 21. I like Southern by seven on the road. Everything is on the line for them. In spite of the ups and downs, they still have an opportunity to achieve their goals. But it starts tonight. They got to they got to get it done. And that's the way I, I I see it, Charles. Yeah, I mean you're at you're at a point right now. I mean I think early in the season when they lost to Texas Southern, you had a lot of football in front of you, and you had a home game following a bye week. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit, it's a different set of circumstances. You got a short turnaround, longer trip, a short trip to Jackson, longer trip to Tallahassee, a lot more time to stew on it a little bit, even though you have to have short memory and you got to forget about it. Um, I, I think Southern will come out and play well. And I think for Coach Dooley, you know, knowing the type of coach he is, we'll see if, if this team can get off the mat again. Um, but right now, I mean, and you're going to have to do it if you want to win the Western division, Southern was picked to win the West. So there's a lot of expectation that Southern will get off the mat. Um, and, you know, they control the West right now. They were handed it. They were handed it back to them. Thanks to the Braves win. And now what are you going to do Southern? You're going to take the baton and run with it. Or you're going to drop it again. Cause if you drop it again, someone's going to kick it down the road. And you, you may not be able to catch up with it. It's going to roll down the hill. And you may not catch it again. Yeah. You got Valley. Yeah. You got Grambling. You know, Prairie View's got Valley and UAPB. You know, anything can happen. We've seen some strange things happen in this league the last couple of weeks, last few weeks. But you've been handed something yet again. And if you drop it yet again, are you going to be able to get it back a third time? Typically in sports, that don't happen. So Southern has a golden opportunity tonight. I just think it's going to be tough. They're playing a FAMU team that's rolling right now. They're at home. They got a lot at stake because if they lose, it's over in terms of winning the East. It's not going to happen. Playoffs, maybe. And I, and I think you said in the last hour, it's a little bit different this year. You know, you haven't heard the playoff chatter this year with FAMU than you heard last year. You kind of felt and read about the momentum for the FCS playoffs last year with this Rattler team. You don't quite get it this year. So I don't know. 
You know, damn, you don't win this game. They won't win the East, and the playoffs might be out of reach as well. So there's a lot on the table for both of these teams. I'm just going with FAMU because they're at home. And sometimes when you're the home team, that counts for a score advantage. And that's why I think FAMU will win the game. Well, they they have a, a great home winning streak. Didn't help, didn't help Prairie View. As far as being at home, sometimes you, you've got to get that tough victory on the road. This is the opportunity uh, to, to do so. If, if we kind of can look uh, back a little bit, but then look ahead. Most disappointing team. Because, you know, we had our predictions at the Black College Sports Network. Um, Southern picked to win the West. Jackson State picked to win the East. Right now, the East, it, it's, it's over with. But the West, of course, you still have some games to be played. Most disappointing team. I'll go first. In, in, in the chat room, if you want to chime in, you can do so as well. I'm, I'm going to say Alcorn State. Because you know what, Charles? A lot of people have them second, but there was a lot of conversation about being first. Um, even some Southern Knights said they would have had all corn pick first. Still got a few games left. Um, all corn now in the West year two. It just, it seems to be a, a little bit tougher for all corn state in the East prior to FAMU and Bethune Cookman. Jackson state has gotten better, but I, I, I would say all corn state has been the most disappointing Based on, just based on, predictions one and, and, and coming back. you agree or disagree? I, I agree. I mean, I think we just, I think fans of the SWAC, I think all the Knights just expected for Coach McNair to have this thing figured out, even though we kind of, I would say, sounded the alarms in the preseason. We said it was going to be different. I said it was going to be different. There's, there's receipts that, that that said that, that I said it was going to be different with Aaron Allen and that quarterback competition. When we didn't know that Jarvion Howard would be this special. We knew we had Nico Duffy and Leatherwood in the backfield. We didn't know Jarvion Howard would be this special. With a new defensive staff, a whole new staff, you didn't know how that was going to look. And the defense, they won the game last night. There's no question about it. Our offense kind of stumbled. To the last six and a half minutes of the fourth quarter, we got a touchdown to tie it and a touchdown to the – to win it in overtime. So yeah, it, it was it was different. It was a whole different feel, a whole different look with a new quarterback that wasn't on the roster last year in, in Aaron Allen. So it was gonna be some some tough pulling that's gonna take place with this program. But yet people felt confident that Coach McNair and that staff would be able to figure it out. And so this year's been tough. And I but I think a lot of people expected it to be better than what it is. So I would I would definitely agree with that. Um, it's been, we've had a bunch of injuries and every team has them, but I think the growing pains that we've had has taken a little bit longer to kind of fester and develop, you know, the losses that we've had were very winnable games. Southern game was right there. We don't pick up a fourth down. Um, you know, we had the pick six against Texas Southern, you know, we, we gave them some points off the bat there and then Grambling, we know what happened there. So look, this was disappointing to say the least. And I, I think for Braves fans, this is something that they're not used to. 
So I, I do think that if you're talking about disappointments, you talk about predictions, um, I, I would say that Alcorn would be right up there near near the top because I think what we've done six out of the last seven years, you just expect it to happen again, and it hasn't. It's been tough sledding in all phases. So yes, I would I would agree. It, I knew it was going to be different. Did I knew that I know it was going to be this difficult? No, but I knew it was going to be different. I knew it was going to take some time. But the way that we've lost these th- three of these last three games, I didn't expect that. And I think that's kind of what's disappointing to all of us, including me. But, you know, you, you pick yourself off the deck, you, you win, you, you lose some games you didn't expect to lose, and you win some games in which a lot of fans didn't give you a chance to win at Prairie View on a Friday night. Um, it just shows you just how wonderful this thing is and how, how crazy it is. But, yeah, to answer the question, I would say the Braves. I think a lot of people did not expect for the Braves to be Excuse in this me. position. I would I would definitely agree as a person that sees it and feels it every day. It definitely is strange to say the least. Honorable mention, I would say Bethune Cookman, and you know, I know it went through a hurricane. And then based on last season, you know, then Alabama AM also. Look, they retooled through the transfer portal, their whole football team uh basically um, they lost Thursday night. Um, they got an opportunity coming up next week against uh, Jackson State and Mobile. I, I think you have them as an honorable mention. Um, probably most improved. I would say, I say, I te- would, I would say Texas Gallup, Carlos. I, I would say honorable mention uh, for me, Gallup. And I know I just it, – it, look, we're, we're, we're looking back. You know, when you think about what you what I said in July and August, and I thought that would be the spoilers of all – Wait a minute, Charles. We're talking about Valley as most um, – wait a minute. Not most improved, but disappointment? Is that yeah. what you're saying there? Yeah, oh, Valley. okay. Honorable mention. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, I, I, I thought I heard you yeah, say Yeah, honorable mention in terms of the disappointment category, yeah. I, I would say Valley. Uh, you know, I had Valley doing a lot better than what they have been. Yeah, it was a great win on Thursday night, but it's late – and uh, you got a new AD there. Um, I'm hearing some rumblings and some grumblings from folks up in Itabina. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Dan Spina. Yeah, no, I'm just go. saying. I'm just, I'm just. Hey, this is this is November. We're getting into the silly season. You know, we've seen a lot of coaching changes already in college football, including in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Yes, yes. We can talk about. I mean, I'm, this is what I'm hearing now. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I don't want to see any coach lose their job. I mean, because they have families. I get all of that, but we all know in the coaching profession, you're hired to be what. We all know how that goes. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Valley to me was a team that I saw last year that could make a push and win more than three games. And for them just to get their first win of the season here, it is the first week in November. Is it's it's surprising and it's disappointing if you're a Valley fan. So that you know, I would put honorable mention in Mississippi Valley in part for selfish reasons because I thought, based on what I saw last year, that Valley would push some people and have some more wins in the books, but it hasn't happened. So to me, I would put Valley in that honorable mention in terms of disappointments. I would put them up there. Yeah, you know, and I've always stated uh, they may be a better team, but their record wouldn't wouldn't show that. Looking at the schedule that they played and um, 
Coach Dancer. Let me say this. If, if that were to happen, I don't think that young man will be without a job for very long. Talented, up-and-coming coach. He's just in a tough situation. He really is. And, and, and what do we say after every ball game? You know you've been in a tough ball game. We can look at uh, some of the games that they've played. Um, I, I just couldn't put him as the honorable mention disappointment um, just because of the fact a lot of things behind the scene that – and he, he, he doesn't talk about it publicly. Everybody knows the situation that they're going through. Um, you, you just kind of hope that one day soon – Things will be better as far as, a, you know, from a resources standpoint. But I tell you what, Coach McNair, Coach uh, Dancy, if something were to happen, wouldn't be without a job long. Wouldn't be out of a job long at all. Because I have much respect for what they've done and what they're doing. Now, most improvers, what I was going to say as well, I'd have to put Texas Southern up there. Because what they they defeated Southern twenty four to zero, they went on the road to beat Alcorn State. You know that situation it probably was this close for a change there, and it still may happen. But I think they've they've improved this season. And if I'm Coach Granger, and I call him Coach Granger, you know I would consider. A lot of things, but I'm on the outside looking in as far as uh, the, the football program. But I, I think they've been, uh, you know, and it's debatable. I'd put them on the most improved list. Can you think of anybody else that could be on the most improved list? May Alabama State? Yeah, that was that was my pick. Yeah, that was because so again, I was two. wrong there yeah. too. I was wrong there because I, I thought, and I love Eddie Robinson, just hearing him speak at media day and just looking at his demeanor after these games, very respectful, respects this conference, respects the history and tradition of this league. I think he's a really good fit for that program. Uh, I think Dr. Cable's got a jewel there. It's just a matter of continuing. And they got the resources. They got the stadium. They got the facilities. They just have to get the players. And I, I think mm. – Coach Robinson and that staff, if they keep it together, keep the band together, I think they're going to push. I would say that they're going to push for maybe – they're going to push for Florida A&M, I think, for the second-best team in the East. I think that's going to be a bad – I mean, those two, those two schools are only four hours apart, so that's a pretty good rivalry, Bama State and BAMU. Um, I, I, Eddie Robinson, Jr., that program surprised the heck out of me, beating Howard in the MEAC SWAC, trailing Texas Southern on the road, winning the Magic City. I mean, you can give him a lifetime contract right now if you if if you could after winning the Magic City. Uh, oh, <laughs> come on! No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I know you're being facetious. That's that's where you get in trouble I, I, with that. I knew you lean back on that one, Carlos. <laughs> but but no, uh, Eddie Robinson Jr. is doing a nice job, and they they have surprised the heck out of me. And he's doing it very quietly too. There's not a lot. You're not talking a lot about Alabama State. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there's one side of Coach Robinson that's a little disappointed that you're not, but I'm sure there's another side of him that says that's okay. Don't don't talk about us. We're just gonna show up and play football and win some football games. And so I, mm-hmm. I think that's my surprise for sure, without a doubt. Alabama State in my mind, I was wrong about him. I thought, you know, I thought there was a lot of disjointed pieces there, but he has brought that thing together pretty quickly. And if they continue 
on the right path. I think they're going to push, you know, maybe for the number two seed in the East, you know, going going forward, which is a good thing considering where they've been. And, and you know, um, they say a lot of times a team reflects the personality of the coach. Coach Robinson, a nice guy, but their team has a toughness, an edge on them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And 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 that after that Jackson State game and the press conference, and you know, you kind of look at him and meeting him in Birmingham, kind of mild manner, but his team's or uh, his team doesn't play that way. Right. So it's a it's a good thing. And um, at Swag Football Media Day, I, I, I came up to Dr. Cable, and I was like, Dr. Cable. Uh, when is Southern going to be back on Alabama State schedule? And he had a, he had this interesting smile on his face and a twinkle in his eye. He said, "News is coming." I say, "Well, the way you're saying that, it makes me think next year." So I'll look for that 23 schedule. Um, but he did offer me this. He said, "The game will be in Montgomery." So. I've got to be there, Charles. I haven't been to that stadium. I've been to Montgomery. But all of that to say this, um, I think they have the program going in the right direction with Coach Robinson. And guess what? I've been one of the big guys that's saying, well, look, hey, a coach that doesn't have coaching experience, although they play in the NFL, but he seems to have the program going in, in in the right direction. So, um, yeah, Texas Southern Alabama State, most improved. And, and, and look, the other thing, the other thing too, Carlos, when you're talking about head coaches, and you've preached this forever, you, you're always a big assistant coach guy. You love to make sure assistants are taken care of, and you got to have opportunities. They have opportunities, but you also have to have a good assistant coaching staff behind you as the head coach. There's mm-hmm. no question. You talked about Coach Sanders and Coach Thurman. There's no doubt in my mind that Eddie Robinson Jr. has a pretty good assistant coaching staff behind him as well to help him because he's a first-year you know, head coach in, at, at this level. So you got to have that cocoon around you to help keep you on the straight and narrow. And I think, you know, uh, I think McKinney has it. Uh, no question, Coach Sanders has it, and Eddie Robinson Jr. has it there. So when you have that, you know, and you're the head and you've got good assistance to help you, I think that also leads to something pretty special as well. I think you're seeing that in this conference. Also, I'm going to throw this out quickly. The two best defensive coordinators based on the season so far, Thurman at Jackson State, I'm going to nominate Coach Henry Miller for Southern University. Because you look at the stats across the board. I mean, let's face it. Even last week, and that, you know, JSU supporters are in the chat room still talking about, well, that was 35. We, we could have had more points. You think it was the rain? Look, guess what? Southern's defense <laughs> has been consistent. I'll put those two in for you. For you guys in the chat room, you put up who you think as well. Defensive coordinators. I mean, you don't, you know, you don't give awards for a defensive coordinator of the year, but 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 quite honestly, 
the two that would be nominated, and we'd have to see how the votes would come. Dennis, and I'll say this. I don't know if he aspires to be a head coach on a collegiate level, but if I'm Pine Bluff, I guess I won't get accused of tampering, will I, Charles? Um, <laughs> I'm talking. I, I'm talking to him. Just you know, to get the, the gauge's interest. You know, uh, how many coordinators will have the opportunity or would want the opportunity to move up and be a head coach? Uh, T.C. Taylor, I'm thinking he applies for the Arkansas Pine Bluff job. I think of those guys who have paid the price, give them an opportunity when opportunities present themselves. But, of course, it's the universities. It's their choice, their decision, Charles, to make it. Close the comments, Charles, as we get out of here. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You're going to see a lot of movement in this offseason. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with UAPB and some other programs. But, you know, this is this is a big Saturday. You know, the, the Western Division, the West has not been decided. You've got some teams on the outside looking in. you got some teams that are just hoping to see some other teams fall. And in about 12 hours, uh, things could really get heated and juiced up in the Western Division. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it all falls. And basketball season starts this week, Carlos. So, Definitely a lot more to talk about. Right. I'll reach out to the basketball analyst on the Coach Brown show, Coach Van Petaway. It's time for his presence again. By the way, folks, Charles has zero. When he goes against Southern University, can he continue that streak? We hope that he will. Picking at you, Charles. I want to thank Roy for producing today's show, everyone who tuned in uh, on the Carlos Brown show. It's been uh, three weeks, so I was glad, I'm glad to be back. Not 100% as far as health-wise, but guess what? The show goes on. Until next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Carlos Brown show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yeah, thanks to all, Corn, for that victory last night, but that's that's it. That's it. For Charles Edmund, Roy, Carlos Brown, peace and God bless.